Hey, Carm here with important news of the Automotive Institute of Science and Technology. This new school will reinvent automotive education as we speak. Everything they will bring to the table is preparing the students for a career in the automotive. Learn all about this new charter school. Now here's a taste. And in 11th and 12th grade, they're going to work inside of those inside of those avenues. But the projects are still intertwined. So your technician still working alongside of your engineer on a project and your business person as well. Wow. So then they're constantly knowing what each other's doing. So that way we don't get the problem that we have right now. You go ask a technician, you say the word engineer, and every technician goes, oh. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato here, and welcome to episode 418 of the Remarkable Results Radio podcast, where we are talking about the new automotive charter school, AIST. I'm with Chris Chesney and Anthony Williams. Hey, have you planned to go to Apex this year? Well, I can't wait to see the cool new products and technologies at Apex. In fact, it's the number one reason shop owners attend. And also the training and networking make Apex a must-attend event. Be there November 5th through the 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. For information, visit aapexshow.com. This episode recorded at Vision 2019 in Kansas City brings you into the loop on the Automotive Institute of Science and Technology in Colorado Springs. This new non-traditional public charter school will use the Pathways in Technology early college high school model. Now, you may have heard it called P-TECH. It is designed to provide students the foundation they need to be successful in the automotive aftermarket industry when they graduate. Now listen to this. Students will be able to enroll in a four- or six-year program starting their freshman year in high school through their second year of college and all publicly funded. AIST will offer students three pathways, automotive technology, business or mechanical or electrical engineering, and the learning will be completely project-based. With me in this episode is Anthony Williams, Special Projects Manager with Advanced Auto Parts, who had the seed of the idea for AIST, and he speaks to his dream becoming a reality. And also with us is Chris Chesney, Senior Director, Customer Training at the CarQuest Technical Institute. The show notes page has the links to AIST and the key talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash E418. This episode also tackles the career paths for students and how to prepare them with zero debt. Hey, thanks for committing to learn about AIST and for investing your time right now to understand how important this program will be to the future of the automotive industry. Based on the plans and goals, AIST will build critical thinkers and problem solvers. A perfect fit for our high-tech $381 billion auto care industry. Hey, warm welcome to Chris Chesney, Senior Director of Training, CarQuest Technical Institute. Hello, Chris. Hi, Carm. You have that memorized. That scares me. I don't have to read it anymore. Maybe soon I'll have to learn another one. Well, another. I hope. <laughs> and Anthony Williams, uh, what, Director of Special Projects? Advance? Yeah. Or as some people have been calling me, uh, Chris's protege. Oh, I have his mini me. Yeah, mini me. What do you have? What do you say about that? Well, he, I've taught him everything he knows, not everything I know. <laughs> Trying to keep it keep it safe. I understand. Yeah. yeah, you have to lock that up. The reason you're here, he and you and maybe Greg Bunch had the seed of an idea uh, to uh, to do something about education, specifically automotive in in our world. And uh, the I, you know, you were automotive instructor. And did you just like get fed up with something and say, we got to do something different? 
Uh, I wish it was that simple. It was actually a dream. I had a dream about having a, a school that was completely different than anything I'd ever seen before. And inside the dream, I, I walked through the school. I got to see students engaged and working. And I saw multiple teachers walking around and engaging with students. And it was it was fantastic and amazing. And well, at the time, my uh, wife was, was about nine months pregnant. And I decided that it was a good idea in the middle of the night to wake her up to tell her about the dream. And I lived to tell about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was I was so blown away by the by the idea and uh we we prayed about it and talked about it and she said, "You know what? I think God wants you to build a school." And uh I'm like, "It's okay." So I started talking about it, half expecting everybody to tell me, you know, "All right, Noah, let's go build your ark." Um but it wasn't met that way. As a matter of fact, uh I was talking to Greg Bunch about it and he loved the idea and he knew people, so you know he told his people, which was Chris and at the time Al Wheeler, and uh, flew him down. And he said, "Hey, you know, I want you to pitch this idea to them." And I walked in there, and they're like, well, "What's this?" You know, completely kind of like off guard. Told them about who I was and about the dream I had. And uh, Chris opened up this notebook, and he starts pointing down, talking to Al Wheeler, and I'm like, "Oh, I did something wrong, right?" Um, but he, after I stopped, he said, "Dude." seriously like we've been talking about this forever like this is this is what we're working on and it fit exactly what he'd been talking about since well before i was even turning wrenches <laughs> Wait a minute, are you telling me the two universes like came together uh, at that moment all, all good things happen that way really at the end of the day uh, i was pointing to my strategic plan five-year strategic plan that i had just finished about six months prior mm-hmm. and i opened it to, to year five and I had a list of bullet points there that outlined a charter school. And I just told Al, watch, watch the screen up here. Anthony's going through all of these and just pointed to each bullet point. He hit every one of them. And I said, this kid's been in my head. Uh, something, something is aligning here. And at the end of the next day, uh, Al and I went back to the airport. We spent a day with Anthony and, and Greg and, and talked about several things. But uh, Al asked me when we got in the car, he says, so what do you think? And I, I told him, well, I don't know what you're going to say to this, but I have an opening and I'm hiring the kid next week. And and we did. So Anthony's been in charge of special projects since then. And the special project was, uh, and I told Al this, I'm putting him to work on that on the charter school and we're going to build this. And he How- said... How long ago was it? That was uh, not Almost, quite two years yeah, ago. It'll be two okay. years yeah. this summer. Yep. So w- w- when when you got this offer, um, you went back, whispered to the wife, touched her belly where the baby was, <laughs> and says, "We have to make a decision here." It wasn't quite that easy. Um, so <laughs> the so the dream the dream actually happened when we were pregnant with our first child. So oh, it actually took a few years okay. um, before it got to Greg, and then Greg took it up. And when it got to Greg, all of a sudden, it, oh, I got the timeline better now. Yeah. Okay. So so a couple of years went by where you know there there's nothing. There's you know no rain. <laughs> so, but I kept talking about you know the, the dream and the excitement, and everybody agreed that it was a great idea, and everybody said. Well, there's no way you're going to pull it off, though. You know, there's no money in education. There's no there's there's no way you're going to be able to flip an entire education model. You know, we've had this for hundreds of years. You don't just you know create a new style. And uh, I said, well, don't know unless you try, right? Before so, you finish the story, were you ever in sales? Um, I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> because you got to have some of that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Keep going. So 
um, but a few years had passed. So uh, my daughter, that was that was in the belly when I had the dream. Um, she's out, and she's you know a few years old now. And uh, when he came down, my wife was actually pregnant with our second child. Oh, great story. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the dream, then there's the reality. I see. Okay. So uh, when I went back home, she was actually taking a nap at the time, and uh, I was too excited. Not to wait. wait a minute, you named the baby Charter, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but uh, so like I said, my 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 wife is actually the brains behind um, education, and, and here's I was teaching, I was a technician that went into sales, and I still you know dabbled, and I, I wanted to do more, I wanted to wanted to give back, I wanted to work with at risk youth, and I did, and I was good at it. I was there's a natural talent there, and I was teaching them um, work skills, and they kept looking at my desk and seeing cars, and there's oh, do you know about cars? I'm like, oh, I can teach you a thing or two. And uh, so we got to the point where I said, well, you bring in your homework. We'll work on getting your grades up. And as a, as a result, I'll help you out and I'll teach you some things in the garage. And uh, one thing led to another, and I couldn't really help them with their schoolwork because I didn't understand what their schoolwork was asking, but I understood the concept they're supposed to learn. But I didn't understand how to relate it to how the book had it. So I would take them into the garage and I'd say, hey, I don't know what that's saying, but this is where you're going to actually use it, okay? We need to work on fractions. Hey, look at it. We have sockets. We're going to work on putting these in order. And we do little things like that. And we work on geometry, like at suspension components. And all these students, their grades started going up. So the school district found out about it, and they said, hey, do you want to come teach? Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about teaching. Um, and a little part of me was like, you mean be stuck in high school, the place I hated? <laughs> <laughs> But I did. I started teaching. And so, like I said, when I was teaching and I had the dream and I started talking about it, it was with other educators. It was with other technicians. Everybody loved it. And when it ran up the, the flagpole, um, I, was, I was a little sad about getting out of the classroom. But on the other side, I go, man, this is an opportunity to create a new classroom that both fits what teachers want, what students want, and what the industry needs. And I was like, it's worth it. And uh, since then, uh, Chris is – he's, he's – been so amazing about allowing me to go and study everything i say chris there's a school here i want to go see this is what they're doing he says let's go go study go go see him go visit and i call up places and i, I get all the information so everybody says well wh- what school did you study this from or what school did you get it from i said what school did i not get it from and the biggest thing that, that i kept telling people is they're excited about this new school and it's not new here's the thing is it's it's already out there it's already an education but it's all in pieces so there's a school here doing this there's a school there doing this and there's some amazing schools even in our own backyard we got to go to a wheat ridge high school oh. if you ever get a chance oh, well let me tell you about that story two years ago at apex and you may not know this i interviewed eight kids from the stem class in my studio at apex and let me tell you chris you may not know this but at the end of that thing i was all choked up I was so impressed. They're amazing. And it's it's those schools. And he's not the only one that has those schools. So in Cherry Creek, they have a new innovation center that they're building that's mm-hmm. all STEM-focused. And so these, the, it's not new. It's a, it's a movement across the nation. Yeah. But one of the things I get frustrated with and I tell people in, in building this school, we don't have an automotive program at the Automotive Institute of Science and Technology. And they say – what do you mean you don't have an automotive program? So we don't we don't have a class for automotive. 
right now the biggest push is to create these standalone STEM programs. Let's teach engineering. Let's teach these careers. And, and they, they put them in a silo on their own. And our thing at the school is that all of education is career preparation. There's no – you don't have a career preparation class. All of it should be. So instead of taking little bits and pieces and trying to put them into the non-automotive program, we took the automotive program, we broke it apart, and spread it over everything. In the podcast opening, I mentioned Apex. Now, let's quickly clarify. You know, Apex is not the same as the SEMA show, and I think you know that. Although both are held in the same week in Las Vegas, you know, at the SEMA show, you'll see cool specialty products. And I get it. I've been there. Wow. Tons of fun. But if your livelihood is keeping your customers' vehicles on the road, and that's how you earn your living, then you have to attend Apex, because Apex is the business side of the aftermarket. Now, Apex is where you can see, feel, touch, and talk the business of the aftermarket. Everything you need is under one roof, including new tools and equipment, advanced training, hands-on demos, and one-on-one meetings with your suppliers and manufacturers, needless to mention the networking you have with your peers. And with your Apex badge, you can also visit the SEMA show. One badge does it all. So plan now to attend Apex, Tuesday, November 5th through Thursday, November 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Hey, to learn all about Apex and plan your visit to Industry Week, visit aapexshow.com. Okay, so you're really reinventing automotive education we are really reinventing it we're taking what everybody has started to do we're putting it all together into the next evolutionary step it's it's where education's already going the hard part is it's a scary next step and it's an expensive next step and that's what the hang-up is right now everybody knows that it, it's where we need to go we need to we need to break apart so in the school model nothing's in a silo you don't have your english class your math class your science class anymore now you go in and you have a project and those projects are what we're building now and inside of that project your english lessons will be taught your science lessons will be taught your math lessons will be taught. give me any idea of the topic of the project so the one we're actually talking about here and we just did this at the educator think tank um there's a csi project so all the students all everybody's all about csi right you have csi new york csi miami csi las vegas Vegas. So using that desire, that, that, that sexiness of CSI, we created a CSI project. So we're working, we're going to work with the local police departments and the fire department and they already go out to high schools and they showcase car accidents from texting and driving. Drive home to the students, hey, we don't want you texting and driving, look what can happen. We're going to take that to the next step. We're going to take a few of those accidents, recreate them on the property, and then have the students go out and figure out what happened in the accident. So we'll, we'll redraw out the, the skid marks. We'll redraw, you know, even, even to the part depending on how far we can go, but even like staging like dummies and if there's anybody injected from a car or anything like that, they have to learn about the safety constructs of the car, right? So they're going to go out and they're going to figure out what happened here. They can go out, they're going to look at it, and they're going to try to collect as much information as they can until they get to a point where they can't do anymore, and they have questions. And when they have those questions, that's when they get to come and they get to ask the teacher, I need help figuring this out. I see the skid marks are this long. I see that the impact crushed this far. How do I figure out how fast it was going? So now instead of sitting down trying to tell students what they need to know, you're giving them a problem and you're having them come to you, come to the teacher and ask. It's like, what the hell do I need algebra for? Exactly. Right? This is what it's for. 
So we're letting them go and wow. find the problem so that they have to come and ask the teacher to teach them algebra. Right now we tell them, you have to go to algebra class. Yeah. You have to listen. You have yeah. to pass this test. We're saying, no, you go out, you, f- you get stuck on this problem, you get stuck trying to figure out a solution here, and then come to us when, you're, when you need help. So are you kind of designing case studies, Chris? I mean, is that, is that how you look at it with this whole accident idea? Yeah, to a certain point. You, you create use cases or opportunities for them to, to learn, but it, Anthony puts it best. We're not trying to tell them what happened. We're not trying to teach them all the concepts around how, to, how that accident in this example happened. We're trying to let them go gather the information and get to the point where they ask questions. The best problem solvers in any industry are the, are the people that can ask the right question. And based on the answer they get, they ask the next right question. And this not only creates an environment where they learn by going to the teacher and asking the teacher to help me solve this problem. Not, they're not going to the teacher and say, teach me algebra. <laughs> For God's sake, they're never going to say that. But they're going to go to the teacher, teach me how to solve this problem. I need to figure this out. So at the end of that that conversation, what we've created is a, a set of skills that these students will have that create problem solvers, critical thinkers. And with the technology that we have in front of us, the, the complexity of the vehicle, you have to have tremendous problem-solving skills to solve uh, especially the technologies that we're seeing, the data networks and the, the ADA systems and so forth, these kids will be able to naturally ask the right questions, gather data, ask the right questions, and know where to go find help to get that answer. Okay. I love it. How do I learn how to do breaks? <laughs> so the natural progression within the school. So in ninth and 10th grade, we don't teach technicians. Everybody kind of gets hung up on this. And Deborah and I, we, we, had, uh, we had our first spat about the school on the name because she didn't want to put automotive in the name. And I fought and I'm like, no, this is all I know is automotive. So this is what we're going to focus on. By the way, I love the name. Right. So do I. Um, I don't, it, think, I don't it, think we've covered it enough. So could you tell us what it is? Uh, the Automotive Institute of Science and Technology. That's powerful. And Deb right? likes it now, yeah. too. Oh, good. She, she loves it now. Um, but, but some of the ideas, everybody hears automotive and they think, oh, okay, how do I teach them how to be a technician? You're going to have a whole school of technicians. And I say, no, no, we teach the automotive industry. So here's the thing is, so, Carm, right now, would you consider yourself part of the automotive industry? I do. There's no, there's no dirt under your nails. There's no grease on your hands right now. Hmm. I figured it out. <laughs> Lava. <laughs> so here's the thing is there's, there's, there's research avenues. There's sales avenues. There's so much more. A lot of, like me, I love being a technician. I love turning wrenches. But that's not the end all. And there's students that have come through my class that love the automotive industry. They love cars. But they don't want to be a technician, especially when they start trying to get underneath the dash. They're like, this is dumb. Who would want to do this for a living? And I go, well, me. <laughs> but the same, those same students are amazing. And so they go behind the parts counter and their desire and their love for, for automotive, they keep learning. They learn more about the systems. And now they're the students that can be behind the parts counter. And instead of just asking two-wheel or four-wheel drive when you're asking for wiper blades, they're able to ask the questions that truly need to be asked. So the do-it-yourselfer comes in and says, hey, I'm doing a brake job. And instead of just adding the one-ups, you know, oh, hey, you're going to need some of this grease here, this lube here, you're going to need some brake fluid. Instead, they're going to be able to talk about, hey, 
when you look at your system, you might want to take these strips and test your brake fluid. One of the things they do in the shop is they they test your brake fluid to see if there's any metals or any coppers that are in there. Wow. If I mean, the, yeah, stop. I'm so, yeah. It's chemistry right there. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So they, they learn about metallurgy. They learn about friction materials. And then they, they don't have to go and change those parts all the time. They can go and do something else. They can go behind the parts counter. Um, we have a business we have a business pathway, a technical trades pathway, and an engineering pathway. And so all the students in ninth and 10th grade, they get to work inside of all of it. They get to learn all the different components and all the different aspects of all the different career opportunities. In 10th grade, at the end of 10th grade going into 11th, they choose their major. Where was their where was their skill? Where was their passion at? Do they do they like the business aspect more? Do they like the skilled trades part more? Do they like the engineering part more? And so they choose. And in eleventh and twelfth grade, they're going to work inside of those inside of those avenues. But the projects are still intertwined. So your technician's still working alongside of your engineer on a project, and your business person as well. Wow! So then they're constantly knowing what each other's doing, so that way we don't get the problem that we have right now. You go ask a technician, you say the word engineer, and every technician goes, "Oh." Right, but if you have the technician and engineer learning together, and they get to talk together and they get to see each other's struggles, maybe we won't have engineers that put you know I don't know a starter underneath an intake manifold. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll go, hey, you know what? I had to see a technician struggle with this before. Yeah, let's put this easier to access. Hey, let's take this oil filter and let's put it standalone over here where it's easy and doesn't drip over everything. Let's let's move it away from this big hot you know piece of metal. Hmm. So it, it's kind of that idea. If they all get to work together and they all get to see See what each other does then when they get out in the real world they get to see you know there's not that front house back house it's this is my part of the job this is your part of the job together we get the job done so to answer my question how do you get to learn a break job does that happen in post-secondary um in the 11th and 12th grade if you're in the skilled trades job yeah. you you may get you're going to get all of your your ASC certification training. Okay. That's when you're getting your focused area and skill trades. Yeah. And so you may be working on brake jobs, replacing brakes and talking about friction material alongside an engineer who's looking at the fatigue and the wear. And they made the engineering side maybe coming up and figuring out with ways to help that technician figure out, hey, is there a faster way? Is there a tool I can design to help you do this faster? Mm. The technician is practicing learning how to do it correctly every step of the way, and they're practicing again and again and again. And in that 11th and 12th grade, they're actually going to be working on on people's vehicles. They're going to come into the school. Because I interviewed the STEM uh, class from Wheat Ridge Ridge, uh, High School, it kind of reminds me of what he just said. They had all these CAD. They were building their own stuff. I mean, do, can you imagine that somebody in the engineering department would design a tool and, oh, yeah. and they would make it? Oh, yeah. We, we envision having five-axis CNC machines, 3D printers, technology that allows them to create a special tool or to remedy a design flaw. And when you talk about groups like uh, Wheat Ridge and the one that I met today was Mind Drive. Have you ever heard no, of Mind I, Drive? No, I just, I just heard that. I've got to check that out. Oh, you have to. That is a phenomenal program they have is just absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm going to take Chris. Him and I are going to go visit because I think it's, it's just like Wheat Ridge, but I think it's on Wheat Ridge on steroids. But it's proof because people ask and they say, they're like, well, students aren't going to be able to do this. No, no, they can. And not only can they, they are. It's giving them the opportunity. So, like I said, we're not doing anything new. We're taking what's already being done, and we're taking it to the evolutionary next step. You're, ch- you're challenging our kids to, to, to get out of 
Well, it's not a comfort zone, but I think you're 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 actually letting them use the brain that they were given. Absolutely, and and, and to be challenged in the creativity of it all and the team play. I love the team play. The problem with with industry today is believing that kids can't do things, and it's not that kids can't do things; it's we, we're telling ourselves that they can't. And and Wheat Ridge is the perfect example of that. Chuck Sprague, the the leader of that uh, group, the instructor. Uh, the freshmen that enter that program, their first class is sitting in a lab with a computer learning how to run Inventor, which is an element of Autodesk, 3D CAD design. Oh, I know. And they're designing next year's vehicle and then modeling it before they go to their sophomore year where they start going in and, and constructing the vehicle for the next year's competition mm-hmm. and either the Shell Eco Challenge or one yeah, of the NASA yeah. competitions. And these are freshmen. They, they, you look at them funny and you'd think they're 10-year-old kids. And, and these, these kids, these young students are, are performing at a level that I couldn't imagine. And so when I've, I've been there three times and I'm wowed every time I walk in the building. And so when, when we envision what we're talking about for our school, uh, don't say they can't yeah. because they can. Yeah. It's us who thinks they can't. Yeah. So it, the, our biggest challenge is, as leaders in the industry is to not think in, in that um, mindset that students can't pick up this kind of level of technology, especially on the engineering side of things, because they can. That, that I can't wait to get the school open because – the the innovation that they're going to create is going to wow all of us. So I think we may have piqued our listeners' interest about Wheatridge and STEM. So I just looked up the episode. Yep. It's episode 279. Go to the website or scroll through your subscription, and you owe it to yourself to listen to 279 Wheatridge High School STEM program. It'll tug at your heart, and it'll start letting you realize the dream that Anthony has, the vision that, that Chris has on, on where this goes. Okay, guys. Uh, Anthony Williams, Chris Chesney with me. We're talking about the, um, the new school, AIST, Automotive Institute of Science and Technology, that Debbie likes. Now, you said 9 through 10, they pick a major. In 9th and 10th, they get to explore all of it. In 11th grade, they oh, pick their major. 11th and 12th, they, they pick the major. And what would the major choices be? So business, uh, skilled trades, and engineering. Got it. Now... I read somewhere that you're you're working with P-Tech, so the money for the investment back in, in into post secondary is what non-existent. Well, P-Tech is Pathways to Technology Early College High School. It's a standard that was created. Congress passed uh, that or enabled that uh, through legislation. But isn't there money attached to that? Well, it's all a partnership between public school district, a community college vocational program, and industry. Okay. All right. So in our case, School District 49 in Colorado Springs and Falcon, Colorado, is the public school district. We have a charter agreement with them. We have a contract with them. We have an opening date of fall of 2020. My God. Uh, and so we, this is not an idea any longer. It's not a dream any longer. It's real. It's commitment. It is a commitment. It's, we've got to be the bacon. So, uh, <laughs> so at the, and that's so apropos when we're at Vision. So Anthony hasn't been to Vision, so tomorrow morning he will see the bacon 
and be the bacon. So, I, love, I love the bacon but here. But what, mm. this, what this allows us to do is because we're a new idea and a new model, we have to build the first facility. Yeah. And that's some of the work that we're working on as we speak. But the, because the curriculum concept is different, and that's being built out right now. Uh, we had our first meeting uh, a month ago. But don't you have to go through Colorado approval of their education system for all of this? We have to meet the this? standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We do have to meet all the Colorado academic standards. So they are, are, all of our projects have to align to those standards. The district is the entity that will approve our curriculum. And so the district is the one that gets to say so. The district gets their authority through the Colorado Department of Education. So it's not a direct line. But, yes, we do have to do everything that every other high school is is giving their students. You learned all this in what, a short year and a half? Um, my wife says that I have a very steep learning curve. And, and it, this is more than a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. you got to open the school well, in 2020. Yeah. Well, and he, here's the thing is I, I think that it's more than a full-time job, but I feel like I still only work about 50% as much as Chris does, so I still feel like a slacker every day. <laughs> Just because he's your boss, you don't have to say that. Be nice. <laughs> he, he's more than my boss. He's my mentor, and I tell you what, I, I, every day I, I try and I strive to, to be the man that yeah. he is, and it's very hard to find in these days to somebody to look up to in the industry. There's a lot of great technicians, but there's not a lot of great leaders and a lot of great mentors, and I'm just blessed that you know God brought Chris into my yeah. life, and it's it's been a whirlwind. He gives me the opportunities to to stretch my legs and run, and uh, he also holds the reins and tells me, "Whoa, hold back a little bit." Well, we need that every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. and, and I admire Chris too. Thank you for being here, well, by the way. I appreciate that uh, articulation agreement with the the school and post secondary. You got that in order? So we're working on that right now. It's not signed, but we've been working with Pikes Peak Community College in Colorado Springs um, from the very beginning. So they were one of the first that I reached out to before. Before this even started getting running and they love the idea they love the p-tech model um and, you know one of the things you talked about earlier doesn't it come with money there's not enough money in education to make this school happen and this is why it hasn't happened it's not because nobody has thought of it it's not because nobody wants it it's because the money's not there um, and that's actually the part with p-tech that a lot of people are struggling with the idea is the partnership with industry Industry needs, they need a higher level, higher caliber of entry-level workers, of of entry-level employees. But we don't have the money to meet their needs, so we need their money. But more than just their money, we need them at the table. So they have to be part of every step of this curriculum build so that we are training these students to be workforce ready, truly workforce ready, because the workforce built the curriculum. And that's the biggest key right there is that partnership. Everybody always asks industry for money. I mean, I I feel like every time I go out with Chris somewhere, somebody has their hand out, you know, like, we need money for this. Yeah, but wait a minute. But aren't you doing that? Aren't you fundraising for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to because that education What do you mean you're going to? You've got less than a year. (laughs) I mean, I know you're putting up a temporary facility, am I right? Right. And you're talking about brick and mortar happens in 2021? Yep. That's well. That's our goal. Okay, you got the land. We're actually working on that currently, so it's it's a long process. There's a lot of moving parts. So the industry has the money, and everybody's excited about it. In order to move money around, apparently you have to have every do- I dotted and every T crossed. So we're working on a feasibility study. So we're showing the entire industry this is what we're putting together. This is everything, making sure that the industry says, "Hey, 
This is exactly what we need. We get it on paper and they go, okay, now we can throw money at this thing. And that's the, that was a hangup, but it's been a learning process as we go. Mm-hmm. Every step of the way it's, all right, here's a hurdle. And then we, we, we attack it. You know, we, we run into a problem and sometimes we hit the books. Sometimes we find other yep. people to help us. Exactly. And, uh, and which is, which is a great model for what we're doing with the school. You know, exactly what we're talking about. We create a problem. The students run into a problem. Then they have to go find their answers. Mm-hmm. And so we keep building towards the school. And every time we run into a problem, guess what? We reach out and we have to go find the answers. We have to go find the teachers. We have to go find the people. And our industry has some amazing people that have stepped forward and, and they have the wisdom. Um, I actually just met a gentleman who also already is friends with Chris Chesney. Apparently, if you guys didn't know, Chris Chesney has over 5 million friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gary, Gary Gohm, is that mm-hmm. his last name? Gary Gohm. Uh, so... I've been struggling with the the political aspect of, 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 you know, the board operations and how the school districts work and trying to figure out how that all goes together. And uh, as I as I prayed about it, and then all of a sudden this gentleman steps forward and we get to talking. And not only is he a technician and he owns a shop, he's also been part of his school district and sat on his school board in his local area. And we, Oh my God! You're the exact person I need right now. Mm-hmm. I need help, and so he's offered his, his to step forward and help walk through some of the struggles that we're having. Um, as I've been here, I've run into a couple of people who know a lot about real estate and different like commercial properties and and how five hundred one c threes work, how nonprofits work, and so I have all kinds of stacks of books that I read. But reading only gets you so far. You need somebody to kind of help walk you through the what if scenarios. And every time I turn around, there's somebody else in this industry that not only is a technician or a business owner, they also know something else. They also know real estate. They also know politics. They also know financing. And they step forward and they're so excited about the project. They come running. They're like, let's help uh, any way I can. Tell me, point me, let me know what I can do. And so we've been incredibly blessed at every step to have more and more of the industry leaders come on board and help build this, this vision. I think it's also important, Carm, to know that this is not an advanced auto parts project. While Anthony and I are paid by that company and and are loyal to that company, this is an industry project. Uh, the school the school is an independent publicly uh, a public school. The funding comes from the per pupil funding from the school district. Uh, we aren't dumping a boatload of money into the into each individual student will have programs of sponsorship and things of that nature. But to get this thing off the ground, we need the support of industry. And that includes all of our vendor partners, all of our large customers, including the mom and pop shops that want to play, uh, including our, our competitors. Uh, we're not going to, to keep this secret or hidden from anybody in industry that wants to, to be a part of the solution. And at the end of the day, the idea is not about standing one school up in Colorado Springs to solve the technician shortage problem because we'll produce 70 or 80 kids a year out of the gate, you know, within four or five years when we get to that retirement date. Remember that? Okay. When we get to that point where we're graduating that first freshman class, that, that doesn't even put a scratch in the fender no. to the problem. But what we can do is learn and prove a model and then we can scale that to build others but imagine if we built 40 or 50 of them oh wow that's still not enough kids not even close still not enough students no 
so what we need to do is is prove that model, scale it so that we can and, and share the idea with our competitors and our suppliers so that others can build maybe 20 or 30 of them. But in my vision, we take the model and we share it with vocational education and we entirely overhaul our education model in the end in in America. It's not just overhauling automotive education. It's overhauling education, period. I sit on an advisory panel for yep. post secondary. And if I <laughs> if I approached them and said, listen, we're gonna build this charter school program so that we can feed you students, I think they would figure out because in most most um, community colleges are public-based. They're graded on the uh, people they put into the workforce in their community, mm-hmm. and they, they live by their numbers. They live by graduation, all that. Mm-hmm. I would think that you would have uh, more than enough opportunity, but the problem is the money. Mm-hmm. And so what are you guys doing? I mean, is there a, are you out now, uh, you know, point of the plow, champion, getting in front of people and saying, we need your support, we need your money? I think that's pretty much, a, a, this was the start. This is the avalanche that, or the, the snowball that starts yep. the avalanche yep. here. Right. We're going to be hitting the market really hard in the next few weeks. You're going to hear about it everywhere, and we're going to be out in the companies. We're going to be we're going to be sending out the emails, and we're going to be sending out mailers, and we're going to go out to each of the companies and tell them, this is what we need. And Chris hit on a very important part is, this is what we need to start. The industry doesn't have to fund it to run. We've designed it so that it operates just like a public school so it can continue to operate on its own but the initial startup to make this happen it's a bit substantial but the industry if they start up this one model and then we have proof that it works we have graduation rates we have you know students into the workforce rates and we show that this model works like chris said we're it's not about building 100 schools or 20 schools or you know 50 schools it's about proving out that hey look at you can take what you currently do right now. You have an automotive program. You have a high school. You just need to combine them together. You just need to bring them together. And once people see that it works, they'll start – our hope is that they'll start emulating it. They'll start doing it as well. And so we build one here, and it starts spreading out to the schools around the area. We build one on the East Coast, and it spreads out to the schools around the area. We build one on the West Coast, and it spreads. And just like you know, any wildfire, it's just – it's going to keep going and growing and growing, and then we're going to see in the next 10, 15 years the, out of the, the education system in the United States. We're going to see it get shaken up, get turned upside down and say, hey, look it. Here's a new way that we can meet our students. Let's use our technology. Let's use our skills. Let's, let's truly let industry, let's let all the industries, healthcare industry, the construction industry, the automotive industry, let's let them all back into the school. Bring them back into the seats so that they're helping build the workforce of tomorrow. You know, when I think about this, I, I, first of all, I'm inspired. Thank you for being so articulate and passionate about this. I couldn't ask for a better interview. And when, when I think about the, the concept and I say automotive is just such perfect, uh, you know, industry at the moment in time that we're in with the technology that we have, it is like the perfect test case for this. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, what should my listener know? What can we do? Uh, how do we help? Well, let, let's give a shameless self-promotion here. Uh, number one, they can visit our uh, consortium or our effort website, which is 
www.autoinstitute.org. Okay. You have to have the W's there. Our, our DNS uh, was not installed correctly by oh, our web, web group. So www.autoinstitute.org. There you'll see an overview of what we've talked about today and a call to action, a form that you can fill out and complete and, and share with us your desire to, to join the effort and how you'd like to help. And it, it, we're aggregating all of those uh, responses so that we can reach out to people that want to assist uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you can also go, if you want to, to look at uh, kind of the high-level uh, curricula path that uh, Anthony has created uh, for the, the school, and that's, that's automotiveinstitute.org. And you'll see there the curricula path for the, all six years, and it kind of gives you an idea of the depth that uh, we're going to uh, provide the students in the way of, of education. And it's not an automotive school. Uh, and Anthony said this once before, and I'm going to, I'll say it again. We're teaching young people to be, number one, really good citizens. So part of our process is to teach them how the game of life works. Uh, number two, they're going to have a clear vision of what they want to do when they grow up. Instead of being jumping into a career path and showing up at work, the first month and going, wait a minute, then mom and dad and, told you you were yeah, going to be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, and, right. and then they go, wow, this isn't quite what I thought it was. It's not like school. Uh, with the, the Institute, school is like work because it is the job. I mean, it, we're emulating that. Uh, and most importantly, they graduate with an associate's degree. They have a job, more than likely, because of the involvement with the community and with these students in internship and mentorship. Uh, they have practical experience that uh, we've already talked to ASC about the two years' worth of practical experience that they'll gain will, will satisfy the work requirement for ASC certifications, so they won't graduate with student certifications. They'll graduate with real certifications. And most importantly, they'll graduate with zero debt. And that's probably the thing that excites me the most about being able to prepare a workforce that can go into life uh, with a great job, a great career opportunity, and not be encumbered with massive student debt that, that is a burden to them for the rest of their lives. How are you going to do that? Public school funding, Carm. It's okay. a high school. It's just like going to high school, except you go for six years. We get the public per pupil funding even in their 13th and 14th grade. Got it. I think our biggest challenge is Anthony and I need to figure out what we call a 13th and 14th grade high schooler because they're not going to be want to want to be called high schoolers. Yeah. So we're going to come up with something well, cool. They, why can't they be called freshmen and seniors? Well, they they could be well, because you, you have freshmen and seniors. Yeah. We have 9th, oh. 10th, 11th, 12th, oh. 13th and 14th grade. Hmm. Those so, other two grades are the are the the tough ones cuz they're 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 in college classes. But they're going to be doing internships. They're fifty percent oh. of their time is is on the job. But they're still high school. They're still part of the high school. They're still a high school student. But like you said, I, if if I'm nineteen, twenty years old, I don't want to be called a high school student. I, I've got an idea. I'm looking at the sign up here. We'll call them remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very moved by this. I've read some articles. Chris, you and I have had a tiny little discussion. I remember we did the panel at Apex 
And uh, it, it, you you gave me you gave me this four color brochure. I don't even think you saw it at the time. He goes, "Give me that." Well, I can't believe we, you know, and I I can't believe I couldn't find it. I'm preparing to come here. I wanted to find that, and I couldn't find it in my Apex folder. But uh, it sounds like you're well aware. You're committed. You're not going anywhere. This is a reality. You've got to open this by 2020 mm-hmm. because you've signed the papers, made the commitment. The money's gone from the charter commitment, and then you got to build a building. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, Wow. Anything I can do, anything we can help you with, let's get this website stuff out. And, and I just wish you all the luck in the world. I think this is the paradigm shift that we need in education. Yeah. Yeah. We want to leave it in a better place than we yeah. found it, that's for sure. Wow. How, how true is that? Anthony Williams, Chris Chesney, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 